0: morning we are in a new sermon series called picture perfect learning how the bible is not a textbook but actually a holy photo album it's interesting today is the day that I took my first ever picture not today this day but uh, January 15th very first picture I ever took was on this day many years ago I'm not going to tell you how many years ago but it was a long time ago and the young people may be surprised yes there were cameras back then it might have been a black and white photo, but it was a photo. I had my first picture taken. Because that's what happens when you're born into this world. The very first thing your dad does, now mom can't, she's too busy. But dad is in the room and dad takes a picture. Very first thing, the moment you're born, it's the very first thing a father will do. Why? Because they want to capture that moment, this blessing called life. And so now we have family photo albums and all these memories of your life and your life growing up well the Bible is God's photo album the Holy Heavenly Father gave us pictures of his son and it isn't just in the New Testament you don't just find it in the Gospels it's in every book and every chapter of the Bible all of it is about one person the Lord Jesus Christ so we're digging in on that and we're learning from these pictures we're learning That the Old Testament had the pictures and the New Testament is the person revealing those pictures from the Old Testament. And we're looking back and we're going in and we're seeing how Scripture was pointing to not just a historical event but was actually pointing to a person. Philip understood this. I'm going to review a couple scriptures from last week. If you weren't here you can get the sermon online. There's a lot of good foundational facts to help you build on in this sermon series. But we looked at John chapter 1, verse 45. Philip found Nathaniel, someone like we're talking about at prayer time today, someone in his life who needed to discover who God was. And he went to Nathaniel and he said to him, We found the one. What one? He said, We found that one that all of Scripture has been pointing to, the law of Moses, all the prophets, all, all that we have read all these years wasn't a book of religion. It was a photo album pointing us to this person. We found him. His name is Jesus. I think that's interesting that Philip was able to see God revealed to him what the Bible was all about. It wasn't about a bunch of do's and don'ts. If you look at the Bible today and you're reading it for what you should do and what you shouldn't do, you're missing why the Bible was written. How do I know that? In Luke, Jesus told us why the Bible was written. Luke 24 verse 44 jesus said it this way he said to them teaching them these are my words which i spoke to you while i was still with you that all things that are written about me all those things that were written in the law the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled in me it was all written to point you to me god's photo album so as you're going through the word of god i hope you will look at it in a different lens in a different light Don't read it for what to do and don't do, although it instructs us clearly in how to live, but look for Jesus, the one who gave you life, and the one that will live his life through you. Pictures are powerful. Pictures tell more than sometimes our words can communicate. There's a powerful picture that many of you have been seeing over the last few weeks. Take a look at this picture and see if it rings a bell for you, just That not paint a picture of recent history? Do you remember who was playing in this game? Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. And this picture will remind you of that day forever. All of us remember watching that game or those who were watching, if you weren't watching you were forced to watch it later (laughs) because it was a powerful moment in human history. During that game, at a significant point in that game, there was a tackle like many other plays, but in this particular tackle, the tackler took a helmet to the chest, right to the heart. He killed over dead on the field of a heart attack. As you look here on the screen, all of a sudden, these self absorbed millionaires didn't go running to their agents, didn't keep playing football. You know what they did? They fell to their knees. they gathered together praying that's not just buffalo bills the whole stadium prayed the whole nation prayed I remember watching an ESPN analyst stop on live television and lead his cohorts in praying in Jesus name for that particular moment a powerful picture I'll never forget it what about this picture did you see this picture just a few days later Here's the second picture that happened related to the first picture. It's six days later, and in this picture, you actually see DeMar Hamlin, the one who died on the field, sending out a tweet from his hospital bed. The dead man is tweeting. It was a powerful picture that symbolized great, great answers to prayer for his teammates and to a nation that looked on. Three days after this picture was taken, that dead man walked out of the hospital, alive and well. That picture is a reminder to all of us that while we might taste death, we still can have life. That's a real picture from our history that pales in comparison to the picture we're going to study today in Scripture. The picture we're going to look all the way back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago called the passover the first picture that god gave to moses and his people is an even more powerful picture that you might be dead in your sin but you can have life let's dig in on that let's take a look and let's be reminded because paul taught write it down in your notes 1 corinthians 5 verse 7 as he was talking to the corinthians He is reminding them of who they are in Christ. He is reminding them that they're not a new cult. They're not a new religion. They are a people who've been bought with a price. And he reminds them that they have a Lord and Savior named Jesus. But listen to what he says. For our Christ is our Passover, the one who was sacrificed. He goes back to an Old Testament picture breaks it out of the photo album and he lifts it up for all the children of God to see the love of the father for them. He says when you think of Christ, know this, he is our passover. Now that meant a lot to his audience. That may not mean as much to this audience. But I want to take you back to the photo album, to God's word. I want us to dig in and see what was this picture picturing. As I told you last week, There were three photos, if you will, in the album, first put in there for Moses and the people. There were three seasons of festivals, feasts, that they were to remember throughout the whole 12-month calendar. The first picture given is this thing called Passover. The second season is what we call Pentecost, and the third season was Tabernacles. Now, we're going to dig in on each of these three major seasons and within those three seasons there are multiple feasts that were a part of those seasons. All of them were pictures of what God was doing and who God was and what God would do for the people. So this first one is what we're going to dig in on. We see that uh, Passover is how we find peace with God. Once we find peace with God the next picture shows how you live in that peace through the power of God. And then the last season is a reminder that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That you have a secure relationship with a Holy Father. Those are our pictures. Leviticus 23, you don't have to turn there. I'll put it up on the screen, I think. Yeah, there we go. Leviticus 23, 4 through 5. This is what God told Moses and the people to do to remember who he is and who they are. He told them that they were to take these appointed times of the Lord, these festivals, these feasts, these seasons, these holy congregations and they were to proclaim at these appointed times these truths. And he starts off in verse 5 and he says, so in the first month on the 14th day of that month at twilight you are to have the Lord's Passover. Look at verse 5, I want you to see three things because you're going to see them in the New Testament you're going to see them in Jesus because this picture was not a picture to remember a religious ritual. It wasn't a picture just to remember a historic event, although it does, it reminds them of their release from bondage out of Egypt. The photo points to a person. And in this photo, verse five, he says, as you remember through this picture, you are to picture what I've done and you're to do it on the first month and you're to do it on the 14th day of that month, and you are to do it at twilight. Remember those three significant times. All right, now flip over to Exodus chapter 12. Let's put it all together. Let's go back and study the original photograph, and then I'm going to show you how that original black and white photograph comes alive in living color. You with me? Go to Exodus 12. This is what they were remembering. Here's the actual event that was referred to as Passover. You know the story Uh, Israel has been in the land of Egypt because of a drought that happened 400 years earlier they came because that's the only place they could find food their brother Joseph who they'd sold into slavery was now second in command God raised him up for a purpose they now come they are reconciled back to their brother they receive provisions they stay alive the seed of Jesus that one that would crush satan's head is kept alive and now they're living in egypt a land that was not their own 400 years later there's a pharaoh who knew not joseph there is a wicked pharaoh who hated israel and used them and enslaved them to be his labor force to build his kingdom for himself he was treacherous and evil and the people cried out the people of israel cried out for help from the lord Verse 1 says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. So God says, I'm about to do a new thing, and oh by the way, this is going to become a new calendar, a sacred calendar. This is going to be a remembrance, and all of history changes because of what I'm about to do. So now, this month is going to be called Nisan, and that Nisan is going to be the first month of your calendar year, different than Egypt's calendar, different than our calendar. It was their calendar. You're to speak to all, verse 3, you're to speak to all the congregation of Israel and say on the 10th of this month, each one of you is to take a lamb for yourself according to their father's household, a lamb for each one. You're to keep it until the 14th day, don't forget that day, 14th day of that same month, And then the whole assembly of israel will kill it the lambs at twilight there's the time frame again at twilight moreover they shall take some of the blood put it over the two doorposts and over the lintel of the house on which they eat as we look at this picture god says here is truth lived out in this event this picture is not just going to a picture of what i'm doing now it is actually a picture that points to a person what i'm going to do for all of mankind and so as we look into the passover we find jesus you say well jesus hasn't been born yet jesus has always been he is the alpha and the omega he is god he is just god who took on flesh a little over two thousand years ago in a manger that we just celebrated at christmas but he has always been and as we take a closer look at this passover Notice several things. Number one, every household had a choice to make. It was commanded to each household that they were, if they wanted to be protected from death, they must place their faith in the instructions given them from God through Moses. If you want to miss out on death, you say, well, everybody dies. I'm talking about eternal death. I'm talking about a permanent death. You must decide for your own household where you're going to place your faith. You can place your faith in your own works, You can place your faith in another religious teaching, or you can see Jesus for who he is, the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth, which is a person, and the truth will set you free. Every household was to do one particular thing. They were to find a perfect, spotless, unblemished lamb. They couldn't go get the cripple of the flock. They couldn't go find some broken down, runt of the litter, they were to find the very best, the perfect spotless lamb to be a substitute for their sin. Each household was to take that lamb on a certain day and on the 14th day of Nisan they were to sacrifice that innocent creature. Now they were to select the lamb five days earlier on the 10th and as they selected that lamb they were to spend the next five days watching that lamb watching over it inspecting it every single day to make sure there were no broken bones that there were no flawed flesh that there was no disease in that critter that it was unblemished and if it passed the test five days later it would be sacrificed they were to gather the blood put it over the doorpost of the entry into their home and wherever the spirit of death passed over Egypt that night wherever it saw a house that was covered by the blood of an innocent sacrifice, that home was saved from death. What a powerful picture. What a beautiful picture of the gospel. Way before Jesus would ever come to this earth, it was pointing us to why he would come to this earth, why he was born, why he lived, and why he died. And now it comes to your household, what you're going to do with that lamb the lamb of God that was sent from a throne the king of kings who left his throne humbled himself and became the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world that's who Jesus is I stand before you today with a total peace That when I take my last breath yes I will taste physical death but I will not die I will spend eternity in the presence of the lamb my lord my savior my king Not because I'm a Baptist preacher, that doesn't help you at all, trust me. Not because I'm a member of a church, that doesn't help anyone. That isn't what saves us. It's because the doorpost of this home, the the entry point to this life is my heart. And the Bible says, whoever will believe in their heart, they shall be saved. And over my empty heart, when I was junior, senior year of high school, That's when I asked Jesus to save me. I looked to Christ and Christ alone. I didn't look to my works any longer. I didn't look to going to church to save me. I looked to Jesus, the Lamb of God. And I placed his blood over my life. And now when God looks at me, he doesn't see a sinner. He sees a son. I am a son, a child of God. I have been adopted into the family through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is my Passover. What Paul was preaching. Jesus, our Passover. Is Jesus your Passover? Or is Jesus just some guy we talk about on Sunday mornings? Is Jesus just some guy that we see pictured on a cross? Is Jesus just some guy you read about in the New Testament? No, he's in all of Scripture. All of it points to Christ. So let's look at this picture and let's realize what this picture was all about. Why Passover? Because it teaches you the Gospel. 1500 years, Jewish families would do the Passover meal and they would remind their children how God had delivered them from bondage in Egypt. They didn't realize, not only was that true, but it was painting a picture of how they would be set free from eternal bondage. So God would raise up other pictures. He would send prophets like Isaiah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 53. Go to Isaiah 53 and God would give additional pictures he would add them into the photo album the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms and all of those are simply pictures of God's love for you and me that showed up in the person of Jesus here's your next photo take a look at it Isaiah 53 verse 1 who has believed our message see the Bible is a message from God to your heart it is his love letter to you it's not A textbook to simply teach you what not to do and what to do it is a love letter a message from god to show you how much god loves you it talks about the picture being a person and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed for he now it starts talking and painting a picture of a person he who grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground he has no stately form or majesty we read this at christmas time it's speaking of the one who would leave heaven and be born in a manger. He had no stately form or majesty that we would look upon him, nor appearance that we would be attracted to him. He was despised, forsaken of men. He was a man of sorrows; he was acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men would hide their face, he was despised, and they did not uh, despise, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was pierced through for our transgressions. Isaiah begins to paint a picture of what would happen to this special person who'd become the Lamb of God. He uses a terminology that hadn't even been invented yet, the piercing. Now, yes he was pierced in his side, yes he was nailed, but this piercing speaks of a crucifixion, and it had not even been invented by the Romans yet, and yet he saw it. It was revealed to him of what God would do for you and me in our sin. He was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned our own way that includes everyone in this room but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all of us to fall on him just like those lambs that had been slaughtered year after year after year the sins of Israel were were, were basically being appropriated to that sacrifice it was a picture of the one who died for all of our sins and those lambs that died as a substitute for that year, could only do that as a substitute for that year. There's one that God sent who took away our sins for always and for all of eternity. Those lambs were pointing to a lamb, a person, Jesus, our Passover. This one that was prophesied by Isaiah, it says in verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb, he was led to slaughter. Isaiah would prophesy this Jesus wouldn't come to set up a new religion. He would come to this earth to be slaughtered. Why? Because the Jews would not receive him? No. Because the Romans were threatened that there might be a new king in town? No. He was slaughtered because of me. He was slaughtered because of you, our lamb, our Passover so Jesus would come to lay down his life we see that in all of these pictures now I want you to see it in the New Testament because all of a sudden now Jesus has come into this earth he's lived a perfect life he now enters into Jerusalem and he's going to lay down his life the disciples they see it they now understand what all these pictures in the Old Testament were pointing to it was pointing to Jesus. If you have your Bibles, go to John now. Go over in the New Testament and let's see the fulfillment of the Old Testament pictures. Remember those pictures pointed to a person. We're going to see Jesus, our Passover. Look at it. John chapter 12, verse 1. This is important. John is going to lay out a timeline so you could understand who Jesus is. He isn't just a religious dude. He isn't a new teacher with new teachings. He's the Lamb of God. Take a look at it. Therefore, Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover came to Bethany. Six days before the Passover, that's significant. We read about the Passover in Exodus. We read about it in Leviticus. They're about to celebrate Passover, and there's a holy timeline happening. John says six days before the Passover, he was in Bethany, but look at verse 12. Drop down to verse 12. The next day, five days out. Five days before the Passover Jesus says it's now my time I must go to Jerusalem and he goes It says on the next day the large crowd who'd come to feast when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem they took branches palm branches and they went out to meet him and they began to shout Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord even the king of Israel and so we have Palm Sunday five days before Passover very interesting. In just a few months, we'll celebrate Palm Sunday, this moment that we just read about. We'll move from his birth at Christmas. We'll now go to Palm Sunday and we'll remember his entry into Jerusalem to lay down his life. And notice the day he entered Jerusalem. It's critical. It was five days before the Passover. Well, if you go back into Exodus, you remember when were they to select their lambs it would be a substitute for their sin five days before the Passover five days before the Passover Jesus had a holy timeline because he had a holy calling he was to become the lamb to be slain for your sin so five days before Passover he enters Jerusalem you read the Gospels you'll see for the next five days you know what happens the same things that happened way back in Exodus for the five days back from Moses and Israel what were they supposed to do for those next five days they were to inspect the lambs they were to look at them from head to toe and make sure they were without flaw unblemished and so what do we find we find in this story Jesus entering into Jerusalem where he'll be crucified as the lamb he enters five days before and for the next five days he goes under an overwhelming inspection from the religious leaders of the day from the pharisees and the scribes from others as they would try to show him to be a false prophet and a blasphemer time after time over those next five days they inspect they inspect they inspect and they try to prove him to be an imposter and they couldn't do it and so it tells us what they finally did they finally gave up and they took him to Pilate. now they start to play politics And in john chapter 19 verse 1 You can read about it. It says that Pilate would receive Jesus. It was his duty as the overseer of peace in Jerusalem for the Roman government. He would do his due diligence and to try to appease his voters, his audience, he would have Jesus beaten and scourged just like Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years earlier. Jesus fulfilled that. Pilate wasn't looking to Isaiah 53. He was looking to the of the voters he has Jesus beaten and scourged thinking that man if I can make an example out of Jesus if I can show the Jews I'm on their side I can bring peace and I can be I, I can be innocent of this man's blood and finally after he goes through all these things he inspects Jesus and he comes out to the crowds and he says to the chief priest here is your man And when the chief priests and officers saw Jesus, they cried out saying, crucify, crucify. And Pilate responded, listen to what he said, you take this man, you crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. Even the pagan, the non-worshipping leader of Jerusalem, Pilate found no guilt. This is an innocent, unblemished man. The Pharisees couldn't find anything, the Sadducees couldn't find anything. There wasn't anything to be found because he is holy God in the flesh. He passed inspection. And so what happens after 5 days? After 5 days of inspection and that lamb has proven itself to be unblemished, that lamb is sacrificed. Mark's gospel records that day. Turn over to Mark 15. Mark chapter 15. Put all the pieces together and now you'll discover why Jesus is our Passover. Our Lamb. It's amazing. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him was he claimed to be king of the Jews. It was at the third hour of the day. Now, don't think of it through our time of day. Their day started at 6 p.m., and, and and then it would go through and there were these different hours so play along with me keep reading along and you'll see the next so verse 33 says and when they came to the sixth hour that in our calendar or to our time frame is high noon so at six uh, the sixth hour high noon darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour three hours of darkness what was happening jesus has been hung on the cross He is the substitute for all of our sin. And all of that was placed on Christ. An innocent, unblemished lamb became our sin. Now, the guilt of all of us was on him. And a holy God had to judge our sins to be a just God. And he judges our sin in that moment. And what should have been high noon, the brightest hour of the day, becomes complete darkness. Again, another picture to the world of what our sin is. It is nothing but darkness and separation from God. But then, the ninth hour, look at verse 34. But then at the ninth hour, by the way, this is the 14th of Nisan. This would be twilight, the sixth hour. Remember those timelines pointed out in Exodus 12? All of that fell exactly... On this day, in this person, Jesus, our Passover. While it reads the ninth hour, it really is twilight. At the ninth hour twilight, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they began saying, Behold, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine uh, to try to numb his pain, gave it to him to drink, and said, Let us see whether Elijah will come or take him down. They tried to prolong his life. And Jesus uttered with a loud cry and breathed his last. The Lamb of God takes his last breath and dies so that you and I could be set free from death. Jesus, our Passover. What was pictured in Exodus 12, what was explained in Leviticus 23 has now come to living color. Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Watch this. How do we know? Because verse 38, and after that lamb died, the Bible says the veil in the temple, there was a big huge veil from ground to top that separated unholy Israel from going into the presence of holy God. And at that exact moment that Jesus, the Lamb of God, took his last breath, that veil was torn from the top. To the bottom the priest couldn't get up there only God could God reached down from heaven ripped open the veil and made it possible for you to have a relationship with a holy God that was because innocent blood was shed for you and anyone who looks to Christ to be their Passover they can have life but watch this the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and when the centurion was standing right in front of him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. This centurion, a pagan who had no religion, who had no association with Jesus, other than being face to face with him in that moment when he would lay down his life, it was revealed to him from heaven who Jesus was. That he was the son, not of Mary and Joseph, he was the Son of God. And in that moment, in that moment, he saw God's salvation. Peter, we'll close with this. Go to First Peter chapter 1. Peter didn't always see the pictures clearly. He had read the pictures before. He knew the law of Moses. He knew what the prophets said. But he, like many in his day, thought that Jesus was going to be this one who would come to set him free from Roman oppression. He didn't always see that it was about his heart. He thought it was about his holy city and his holy people. No, it was about how God would make them holy. Peter now, the other side of the cross and the resurrection, fully understands who Jesus is, and he preaches this resurrected Jesus, our Passover. Look at it, 1 Peter 1, verse 18, and we close. He reminds the people as he's preaching, know this, know that you weren't redeemed. That word redeemed means to be purchased. Uh, that was a, a word that meant a lot in their culture for those who couldn't pay their debts they were enslaved they were in prison debtor's prison and only a relative or a friend or a loved one could come pay off their debt to get them out of their bondage and he reminds them hey we all were sin debtors we all were in sin over our heads and we could not pay our debts for the wages of sin it, what's the debt for our sin death none of us could pay that." He says, remember, you were not purchased or redeemed with things like silver or gold coins in your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but you were bought with what? Precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless. There's the Passover lamb, the unblemished lamb. And oh, by the way, you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Before you and I would ever sin, Jesus, the Passover lamb, was foreknown, predestined. And he has appeared in these last times for the sake of who? Read it. For the sake of who? Say it. You. Why did he come? For you. To be your Passover lamb. He's come in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead, gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. The Passover, it's not just a Jewish festival or feast. It is God's photo that he placed in the album so that you could know how you could be a part of his family. And there's only one way in. There's only one way into any family. How'd you get in your family? You're born. How do you get into God's family? Through the blood of Jesus Christ, which brings a new birth and a new relationship with a holy God. Do you have that Passover lamb? Is Jesus your Passover? Or is he just a guy in a book? Let's pray about it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus just somebody we talk about on Sunday? Is Jesus just somebody you talk to when your friend is dead and laying on a football field? Is Jesus just some little baby that was born in a manger? Is he just some prophet you read about in a book called the Bible? Or is Jesus your Passover? You say, how how do I make my Passover? You got to put your faith in that blood sacrifice, just like they did in Egypt. It didn't make sense. What do you mean put blood over the doorpost of their home? What good is that going to do? How's that going to fight off Pharaoh? There's power in the blood. And just like that night in Egypt, they were saved from death through the blood of an innocent lamb. The same is true for you and me. The only way you can be right with a holy God is through a holy substitute. His name is Jesus. Have you made him the Lord of your life? Have you put the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of the entry of your heart? Your life is your heart. If you've never done that, then today it's a simple prayer. You don't literally sacrifice a critter. Christ was sacrificed for you. But you take that blood that was shed on a cross over 2,000 years ago, you apply it to your heart and say, Lord, save me. Save me from my sin. I give you my heart. Now the blood of Jesus covers me. Does it cover you? If it doesn't, ask for him to cover your sin now. Say, God, save me from my sin. And he will you're watching online and God is showing you your need to be saved I hope that you would kneel where you are say God save me apply the blood to your heart let Jesus be your Passover if Jesus already has saved you from your sin spend some time this morning cherishing that picture of God's love for you say God thank you for dying for me but then maybe you need to pray for somebody that you need to share that picture with God's story through your story. God's story through this picture called Passover. Pray for that person right now. Maybe you need a church home. We had three families join earlier in the first service. Maybe it's time for you to start a new year with a new church family. We invite you to come. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you or to share with you more from scripture. We'd love to share with you. Our ministers will be here. I going to encourage you to come. I wanna pray for you. When I'm done praying, we'll stand. Just come on down and grab one of the ministers and say, hey, this is what God's doing in my life. They'll do the rest. help you find God in this moment Lord that is our prayer that we would be as faithful as those were in the land of Egypt that we would look to your blood and your blood alone not to our works not to our strength not to our ancestry father Abraham but we would look to your son Jesus Lord may you be honored in these moments as we are obedient to your voice God, work in this place for your glory and for your namesake, we ask it.